Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today, Karen concludes her two-part discussion with Jim Thomas on using attachment theory when working with couples. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter from Chaddock, and I'd like to welcome you back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. Today, we are going to be interviewing Jim Thomas, and Jim is going to be talking to us about emotionally focused couples therapy, EFT, as many people know it, a way of working with couples based on attachment theory that was developed by Dr. Sue Johnson from Canada. So I'm looking forward to this discussion because I've informally studied EFT for a lot of years, listened to a lot of lectures, watched videos, that kind of thing, even though I'm not officially trained in EFT. But I've read a lot about it because I find it such an intriguing helpful model of working with couples. So I want to tell you a little bit about Jim Thomas before he joins us. Many people describe him as genuine, warm, open, compassionate, and able to give and receive feedback. He adds a touch of humor to his interactive approach. He likes to work with couples, families, individuals, and organizations from a strength-based holistic approach. And he's even been known to sing a few bars from a song in his sessions. He loves his work. A little bit about his educational background. He obtained his bachelor's degree in psychology from Ohio State University. He studied alternative approaches to psychotherapy for two years at Boulder College. Sounds like something you would do at Boulder College. And he earned his master's degree in clinical psychology from the University of Colorado at Denver. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's an EFT therapist. He's an AAMFT clinical fellow and approved supervisor, as well as an EFT trainer, supervisor, all the things that you can kind of do when you practice EFT. He also um, focuses in his work, in addition to EFT, he likes to describe himself as focusing on connection with families and couples. And that is actually what originally led him to the work of Sue Johnson, author of the book, Hold Me Tight. So he has actually uh, been trained and supervised directly by Dr. Johnson and also Gail Palmer. And he continues, um, as I said earlier, to be part of the EFT uh, clinical practice and training community. So I am looking forward to him joining us in a few minutes uh, here. I'll take a pause until we get ready for him to come on. Join the Knowledge Center for an experiential workshop designed to support successful engagement of parents in the child therapy process. Karen Doyle Buckwalter will be joining Daphna Lender for the other half of the equation, engaging parents in child therapy. This two-day workshop on September 24th and 25th will focus on how to identify parents who need more focused work, how to set goals for the parent, how to help parents initiate repair, and more areas to help the child, parent, and therapist get the most out of the therapy session. Registration is open now. For more information 
or to register for the workshop, head to tkcchaddock.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to part two of our podcast with Jim Thomas about EFT. I'm glad to be continuing our discussion, Jim. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we had talked about, we started talking about some of the, the three phases and the steps in EFT. But um, before you go into that, um, there were a couple more like main concepts. I just wanted to try to get, pick your brain about a little bit more. Um, you mentioned in the first part of the podcast, the cycle. And, you know, one of the things that I think about a lot with EFT is how, um, Sue Johnson and you, and I'm sure others talks about like almost like externalizing that cycle, like, like looking at the cycle, like stepping back and this is the cycle that we get in. Um, and being able to look at that almost, I don't want to say objectively because uh, the whole technique, oh, yeah, but, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think this is a, this is a tricky thing, right? Um, so if there's EFTers listening, just yes. a booster shot on EFT, that yes. they'll relate to what I'm talking about. Because there's one level in which we are doing that, right? We're, we're, we're trying to help the couple um, sort of step back like on some scaffolding and look at the relationship and say, oh, look at that dance you get into, right? Right. Um, and there is a bit of that sort of like externalizing and narrative, right? right? Um, and... So this is like a both and or a yes. dialectical tension or something or a paradox, a Zen yes. paradox of like also remembering that this this idea that we're caught in a dance or a negative cycle or a loop or a pattern, a tornado, you know, the, my couples will come up with so many you know, names for these things, is also a very real visceral experience. For yes, people. because you so don't want to get people just up in their heads. That's the it. opposite it's of perfect. what you're trying to do in EFT. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that. And we'll put it in a, in, I love the way you're using phases. I, I um, sometimes when I'm trying to teach EFT, I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, we, we've got these stages, these three stages. And, and maybe they're reflective of kind of emotional phases of the couple around, right? So okay. that we have this distressed couple. Um, we're primarily, so if, if one way to think about attachment as, and then how we think about it in EFT is attachment as uh, co-regulation. Yes. We as humans, as social mammals, are designed to co-regulate each other's emotions. We do better in groups. We do better in family units, right? We do better in pairs and bonds or, or maybe you're polyamorous or something. But, you're, but we, when we have some secure bonds with, with a partner or with a sibling, a best friend, these kind of things, right? Yes. And when, when those bonds are at their best, we, are, we spend more time co-regulating each other than dysregulating each other. And we can do the co-regulation more vulnerably and with more direct reaches, which is really the stuff of secure attachment. And mm -hmm. secure attachment, I can still get mad at you, I can still get triggered into a cycle, but I also have the ability to reach for you in, in a more vulnerable way, reach out yes. from the inside and say, I, I love that phrase you're using, a direct reach. Is that from EFT or is that your I think so, yeah. You know, I sometimes no. can't remember where this stuff comes from. I, the footnotes that I would have to write for just a 55-minute 
talk or something, it would be, you know. <laughs> and I love what Mnuchin said once though, later when I saw him speak, he said, you know, borrow from me. I have been a borrower my whole career, you know, with this mm. wonderful accent. He said, I, I believe I have had two original ideas, though one of them might have been Harry Apontes. And I'm <laughs> just so humble about it, right? And this, that's actually a reflection of attachment too, is this notion that I'm not alone ever. Yes. Carry people within me. This is a brilliant observation Jim Cohen made, the neuroscientist. Mm, yes. Holding studies that he said, maybe we distribute ourselves um, out around, you know, um, in the people we love. So, so we are, we're distributing ourselves and we co-regulate ourselves when, or, or, or each other and partners and families, or we're dysregulating. And it's kind of like, just for, to make a point, you know, you're either doing one or another, even right now, you know, my wife inside me and in and out there in the world is either a co-regulative, like calming, soothing force right now in my life mm -hmm. or a dysregulating force. And it's sort of, it's one or the other, right? And the more yes. important the person is, the more powerful it is. So in this first stage or phase, the couple is primarily in distress and they're primarily, um, 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 they're, they're uh, we'll play with direct reach. The, the ways in which they co-regulate each other are indirect primarily. It's through spending time together, sitting on the couch together. Maybe they have a you know sexual connection, but it's not very emotionally intimate. Um, they don't make these direct reaches, so they do co-regulate each other, but they don't do it in a way that's um, vulnerable for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. So the first stage is is where we're trying to de-escalate the cycle or as in sue talks about in a, the newest book attachment theory and practice um stabilize we're kind of stabilizing that distress system without asking it to change without coming in as i said in the first part with behavioral you know you need to do this you stop doing this or challenging cognitive distortions etc and the first step so it's a simple way to think of it there's three stages and the first stage has four steps the second stage has three steps and the third stage has two steps and the third stage we probably we won't have time to talk about we call it consolidation and integration it's the benefit it's the gains that people make where we see um step eight we see new solutions to old problems emerge it's really uh, that's a, just a fascinating, lovely thing to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's this creation. A couple will, and sometimes therapists get in and help with that. Sometimes a couple is just doing it on their own. But there's this natural process as we secure our bond that a new narrative emerges that mm -hmm. integrates their experience up until then and makes sense of it. So that's consolidation. That's stage three. Um, I'll just leave that there. So the first stage, they come in, they're distressed. They maybe have the calm and sort of demand withdrawal, protest, blame, you know, defend, withdrawal. Or maybe they look like they're both shut down or maybe they're coming in in real, real panic or distress around like a fair recovery or something like that. And we want to come in and the first step is assess, get a, get a sense of what's happening in this attachment view it, as um, an assumption that there's a bond there and an assumption that they're in distress. And that what we're seeing in front of us is a reflection of that distress, not a reflection of personal pathology, yes. you know, et cetera. Um, right. We want to privilege that, right. uh, the humanness of it, and, and build alliance. 
which is akin to parallel with what Bowlby talked about, secure attachment. Yes. I want you, each partner, and I want you as a couple to feel safe in the room, to feel secure in the room. So it's not a ventilation therapy. It's not a therapy where they come in and talk at each other. It's not where we let the cycle go for like 40 minutes and say, well, what was that like for you guys? Mm-hmm. We, get, we want to see glimpses of the cycle. We want to honor and validate and go towards you know, like anger and stuff, but it's not a therapy of, you know, um, frustration, mm-hmm. venting, and then demanding things, saying, well, what right. I need from you is this, what I need from you is that. That's, in short, the first thing is assessment and alliance building. The second step then ties into what you said about the cycle. We start to reflect back to them and introduce the idea that it looks to you, and I'll say couples, it looks to me like you're caught in a real negative loop or pattern or dance, some kind of cycle. Most every couple I've ever worked with has one. I have one with my wife. Um, and I'm wondering if you would explore that with me. I wonder if we could start to explore that. So if, if I was to summarize real cliff note of the first move I'm making in step one is, I wanna know what it's like for you to be in this relationship right now. What's the most difficult about it? What's the most painful? Like, what's the presenting problem? When is it different than that? And what's it like for you to be with me right now talking about it? Mm. Step two would be, oh, wow, look, you're in a dance. And I want to start talking about that dance. Mm -hmm. And as we start to explore that dance, when people say, like, can you see what you just said? We go to process, not content. I hear that she said something about you not bringing home the milk that really fired you up. I want to know what's happening to you when she says you never bring the right stuff home from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I want to understand the experience of hearing that. I don't want to get into an argument about how, how we actually trying, how you did bring the right milk, you know, and she's yeah. the one who didn't get clear. Right. So this is part of that cycle frame. Is it's a it's a nice way to start to go into a process view of what's happening. I'm not right. getting caught in the details of people's fights. Then we're looking for reactivity. And, and anger and stuff like that, that we welcome into the room so that we can then say, oh, that makes sense to me and go beneath it. And that's the third step. The third step um, is where we're going in and accessing underlying, um, you said in part one, like primary affect, primary emotion. There's not that many primary emotions according to the researchers, right? There's right. sadness and sorrow. There's fear and panic, um, anger, surprise joy shame hurt a lot of people put hurt in there couples resonate with hurts there's you you get some people say no there's six no there's seven somebody else but the point being when you boil it down and get back to the five-year-old in us right let's take a when you're in a bad way with somebody really close to you about how old are you Right, I, I'm aspiring to get to like seven. Yeah, I was going to say five might be generous. <laughs> right, if I could get to seven, you know, when things are really bad with me and Patrice. If I could stay at seven, you know, that would be so much better than me becoming a four-year-old, right, being my toddler. Um, so we're trying to create the safety. Like, I, I want to know what it's like to be here. I want you to be able to give me feedback. I want to understand this cycle you get caught up in. And I want to understand it at a lot of levels. Up here is like the behaviors. Right. And then there's the thoughts you have, these catastrophic conclusions you reach, right? And and then underneath is the is is the ouch or the the the, the uh oh, you know, the the like the pain or the fear. Yeah. And there's these initial responses of like when my partner does something, 
I, I either have a, like an ouch or an uh-oh or I have, yes. oh. you know, if I were to get off of this podcast and get a voicemail from my wife saying, hey, honey, I miss you. Hope you're having a nice day. And maybe we could take a walk after you get done with work today. Ah, oh. if I get a voicemail saying, did you take the checkbook? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it starts down here. And then, and what's so powerful and interesting about EFT to me is we don't think about it like your thoughts create emotion. Think about the thoughts as part of the emotional experience. And we're trying, and more and more in EFT, we're getting, you know, embracing the somatic side of it. Mm -hmm. Kind of get to the, can we start to make sense of what's really happening to you right now? Yes. Jim, my chest is tightening up. Yes. My stomach's doing flip-flops. I feel so criticized right now and I just want to leave the room. And sit in that for a while, make sense of that, and distill a part of that and then ask him to share, can you tell Frank, Frank, when you got on me again and said, when I said I thought we were doing better after last week's session and you just started to say bullshit, my chest tightened up, my stomach's doing flip-flops and I just want to leave the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you, you know, and we're exploring that yeah. experience, helping them make sense of what's under the surface in that dance, start to share that. And then I have to protect you because if Frank's over there going, what a bunch of crap. Yeah. I'm not going to let Frank just right. get all over you. And I don't want to judge Frank for saying, what a bunch of crap. At some point, I want to go over there and say, you felt like that was a bunch of crap. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. We're doing that over and over again. Yes. And the fourth step is the attachment lens, the attachment frame, the moving towards first saying, maybe these problems have to do with your cycle. And in the deeper frame of, it sure looks like the two of you are really tethered to each other, very important to each other. And they start to make sense of, I have such a strong reaction to you. As Fred Rogers said, we get the maddest and the saddest with the people we love the most. This is coming in this kind of backhanded um, way of the reason I get so mad or shut down is because your opinion matters. And I know, you know, in the interest of time, we probably need to be moving to phase two. Well, this is the, but you know, parallel process. (laughs) What most people learning EFT or coming to EFT wish they could just plunge to to stage two. Mm -hmm. Sue says that basically we probably spend about 70% of the time with a couple in phase one, stage Mm -hmm. one, the escalating that cycle, creating a deeper understanding of that negative cycle a felt sense of it, not just a cognitive understanding, not just something we have on our notes, mm-hmm. right? something they're starting to explore. We, we spent a lot of time going back and back and back into that primary emotion and sharing it and having the partner not be able to take it in, but it's important yes. for the person sharing it, right? And building that attachment frame till it's safe enough to go deeper. And that's the power. The stage two work is the magic. It's what I'm addicted to. We typically almost almost all the time, um, with with some exceptions around when there's been affairs and stuff, which we don't have time to talk about. But um, we're gonna go do that emotional work of step three with the person who tends to withdraw more, and their attachment systems coming online. They're feeling their emotions more strongly, and we help them start to sit in and own previously disowned or overwhelming attachment longings, attachment fears, attachment needs, 
and start sharing them with their partner in this deeper way. And the part we promote acceptance of that from the partner. And we start to see as that person gets vulnerable and drops down in and gets more raw and says, it's been so hard for me all these years. How disappointed you seem in me. What we've been exploring with Kara in our cycle. What I can't, when it gets really bad, it's like I'm a little boy again and I'm back under the bed and dad's yelling at my sister and I don't want to get it wrong because he'll come in and hit me. And I'm the therapist and you could never call out to her from under that bed and say, please come find me. Please tell me that you still like me. I couldn't, I never could. And we get to a place we hide in that and from that, we, we have them reach out. Their partner is disarmed by the, this vulnerability and these clear, as Sue would say, these clear signals coming, right? And mm-hmm. please ask me, tell me you still like me. I still like you. Mm-hmm. I want to come find you under the bed. I didn't know that was happening in our dance. I'm here, I'm here. And these, when I make that reach to you, which is step seven, and you reach back, that creates bonding events that start changing at the neural levels that Siegel talks about is changing my experience of you. It's a corrective emotional experience, as Sue would say. And then we go over and do that with the pursuing or blaming partner, access their fears, tell me I'm not too much, you know, tell me I'm still your person, tell me I belong here. Those needs get met. These are bonding events. We have a study soothing the threatened brain that shows um, uh, changes in the brain with some 30, I want to say 32 couples, I think I may have that number wrong, that went through this study in Ottawa and moved to secure bonds using EFT. And their brain's response to a threat stimuli is dramatically uh, lowered in like panic and pain because they're they're feeling more secure with their partner. Yeah, it just makes so much sense, you know, because having someone there to co-regulate you and not being alone and all of that. I think one of the things, too, I was thinking about when you were talking is – you know, we can read these stages and, and how this can go. And, and um, But there's just tremendous skill in terms of the pacing of mm-hmm. it and what a person can tolerate and how the therapist's use of voice and self and rhythm and cadence of voice to evoke emotion. And so I do want listeners to know that there's a lot of skill that, oh, you know, just, that has to yeah. go into this. Well, let me say this when you're saying that, like, the thing about the stage and the steps part of it is it's tough because the four what we call steps um, in that first stage, it, it implies that you'd probably like build alliance, <laughs> then you'd explore the cycle, right. then you get to primary emotion, <laughs> then they would feel the attachment frame, and then you know we spend like one session on assessment, right, right. two on the cycle, two on, and then, but you're weaving, yeah, weavy, weavy, weavy. That's the art of it. Yeah, good stage two work. I think the, those three steps that Sue outlined, they fit in an elegant way. Kind of what happens is people feel safe enough to listen to these core attachment feelings, emotions, and express from those. And so it does flow a lot of the time with, with couples that don't have like maybe a lot of trauma um, 
it flows, you know, as I open up, you can't help yourself. You come towards me. You invite right. me to share. I ask for my need to be met from this vulnerable place, not from, you know, I need to know you accept me. Right. You meet that need. It's very visceral. It's very powerful. And I see, because I film, you know, sessions and stuff, you'll see like people's facial muscles relax. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. They'll look like 10 years younger. It's amazing. Wow. Um, so wow. one of the things, just to add to this then, What's really been is, is the leading edge in EFT is the integration of the EFT tango. And I'd be remiss if I didn't describe this. So um, that Sue has helped us with a, like what a therapist do over and over again, as we kind of take couples go through these stages. Right. Right. And so you're doing these same step or these same five moves in this tango, whether you're in stage one, stage two or stage three. And it's in, and it's reflecting the present process that's in front of you and reflecting it back to the couple and engaging with it as a therapist and a person without judgment and pathology, you know, and I, I always, I'd love to think about Fred Rogers, you know, saying, Oh, of course, Jane and, and Julie, I thought you're, you're having a really tough time. You, you've had a terrible fight and we're in our fourth session of therapy and it doesn't seem to be getting better. And you're kind of mad at me too. And you have a little bit of a screw this attitude today towards each other. And I understand that because you want, you know, you're reflecting that. And then you're looking for openings to go into one of the partner's experience. So we go to the second bubble or move in this like tango we're doing over and over again is to go into one person's experience and start to look at their side of this process. Like look at their side of the dance, look at their side of the fight or whatever it is, the distance and start to go in and, find that affect and find the parts of that affect, the trigger and the, the initial like physical reaction and the, the emotional primary experience, the conclusion they reach that, that fuels the secondary emotion and where that action tendency comes from and, and do this kind of affect assembly and deepening of that affect. Mm-hmm. And then distill a part of it in bubble three or move three, distill something meaningful about that that would be new information for their partner and choreograph an encounter. The third bubble is we choreograph an encounter. Would you take this risk and wow. share this, this new piece of information? And we protect that person from their partner just, you know, saying bullshit. I mean, they may say bullshit. We'll, we'll go do bubble two with them, right? Um, right. And then we add, we process. That's the fourth move. Process what that was like to share. And then sometimes process what it was like to hear. This is part of the art of it. Um, and then we tie a bow on that. If, especially when something different happens, we say, let's look at that. What just happened here? You said something to your partner you've never said before. They didn't slap you down. They said they're at least curious. What was that like for you? They celebrate that. And then we reflect what's in front of us now and then go towards one of the partners or family members and do find some deeper experience, move to then distill some part of that, ask them to share it, process that that was like, integrate and repeat. So we have these five moves that are, so what happens in stage two is that what we find when we go into that, you know, affect the, the deeper emotional experience is people plunge into it faster. The depth of experience, if you look at the depth of experience scale, they're going down into five, six, seven. Um, it's powerful. 
it's moving to the partner. When they share it with the partner, the partner responds back. Um, we don't even have to process it. They start processing with each other. The partner says, oh my gosh, I didn't know that you're a scared little girl. I'm here, I'm here, I want you to trust me. The, the, the integration is, is more organic. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just what comes up in those moves changes. Um, but we make those same moves over and over and over again across sessions. Is that yes. helpful? Yes, yes, very helpful. Trying to, trying to break down a really powerful idea in three minutes. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. I know it's hard, but I, I very much appreciate, you know, what, what you've shared with listeners about the model. And it's just such a, a beautiful model and a way of um, helping couples that you know yeah, and i'd be happy at some point you know to come back and talk a more specific part of that like what do you do with affairs addiction yes. is a thing for me like um how do we do attachment work when there's addiction present during yes recovery? yes you know, absolutely it, it's such a Sue's book i want to recommend highly it's called attachment theory and practice came out last year it's applying this with individuals couples and families it's yes and love like i said i do um intensive work if you're interested in either seeing me train or um coming and working with me go to jimthomas.care easy to remember and um, oh good yeah i was going to ask you to share where folks could find you and attend any training with you or there's a list of upcoming trainings there or come come for an intensive themselves whatever (laughs) so i appreciate what you're doing here exposing you know, clinicians, a lot of different models. We can all learn from each other. This is my passion. I'm, you know, I do a Jim Thomas version of EFT because we're human, but I'm yes. a purist in it and I love it. And I'm just well, always glad to be able to talk about well, it. Well, good. Thank you so, so much for your time and for being on the podcast with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. Please follow our site, tkcchaddock.org, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future episodes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchaddock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory.